Hello again, everybody. Doug, the brain guy, here with you again, and this is podcast 2024-05 in our series, Brain School for Seniors. I'm not sure how many podcasts we're going to be doing on this topic, but I know it's going to be over 100, so stay with us. And our goal is to provide you the information you need to improve the performance of your brain. Uh, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Jack Canfield. Jack is uh, one of the two partners in the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series with uh, another good friend, Mark Victor Hansen. Uh, they sold, my goodness, I think it's over 500 million books in those series. And I was at a seminar with Jack and we were talking about what I'm doing. And he said, you should, you should call it brain apples. I said, I should? He said, yeah, apples, an acronym. Achievements, productivity, performance levels elevate significantly when you learn how your brain works. Man, is this important for seniors. I don't care if you're 51, 61, 81, or 101. You learn how your brain works, and it's going to work better for you. And today we're going to jump back into our series uh, on the uh, 12 greatest brain research discoveries. I want to do a quick review in case uh, this is your first podcast with us. I want to do a quick review of what we've covered so far. We've covered the first four and we're going to be ready with number five here in a minute. But number one, a discovery, uh, you've got to know this one. You've got to go back and listen to this podcast if you hadn't. Brain plasticity, really the greatest discovery of all that proved that your brain can change. If you stimulate your brain, no matter what your age, it'll form new DSP connections, dendrite spine protuberance connections in your brain, increasing the total number of connections in your brain, which increases your brain's capacity for achievement. Are you listening to that? Oh man, that's in the first podcast. And in that same podcast, we talk about the number. How many connections do you have the capacity to create in your brain? It's going to astound you if you haven't listened to it. Go back and listen to podcast number one. And number two, thoughts are real things. Yes, they are. You can see them. Well, you and I can't see them unless we're using the powerful brain imaging equipment that the scientists have developed. Thoughts are real. They can measure them. They can see them. And when a thought fires down a series of neurons in your brain and crosses a, a synaptic gap, the energy in that process is greater than the energy of a nuclear explosion when you uh, uh, talk about relative to uh, the size of a synaptic gap. That, it's astounding. It, it creates an unending stream of energy for us. And then discovery number three, it's a jungle in there. You gotta go listen to that one. It's a jungle in there. I mean, it's like a rainforest of strands of neurons. And how do you get through that jungle? Well, go back to 
discovery number three. And then discovery number four, you all have heard this before, about several things. Use it or lose it. Yep, you either use your brain cells, all of your brain cells, or you're going to lose the connections. Interesting, fascinating information. All right, let's go to discovery number five. Discovery number five, they found out that neurons are fired the most, are relied on the most by our brain. What thoughts matter to you the most? What thoughts do you rely on most heavily? Uh, what thoughts are most likely to affect your decisions and your memories and your actions? Well, brain scientists have found the answer. We human beings tend to rely on the thought patterns that fire across your brain neurons or neurod patterns most often. And with a level of emotion, we're going to talk about levels of emotion in discovery number six, which is my second favorite, phenomenally exciting discovery. You'll learn more about that in the next discovery. But we are... Uh, such creatures of habit that uh, most of what we do with our brain is done automatically without any conscious prefrontal thought in our non-conscious brain. And the more a uh, 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 neuron pattern fires, the more we're going to rely on that pattern by our brain. Uh, many people, uh, maybe you've done this too, I know I have, uh, many people report that uh, when they're driving themselves home for work or somewhere else, uh, they can't. They get home and they can't remember how they got there. That happened to me one time. I was in law school. I I drove all the way from Columbus to Dayton, Ohio, and when I pulled into my driveway, I went, "Oh my gosh, I don't remember how I got here. I don't know what pathway I took." That's because it was all handled at my non-conscious brain. So how does this affect our level of performance? And what can we do regarding that to, agree, uh, to uh, achieve greater achievements? Well, we'll talk about that when we get to the techniques and strategies you can apply. Just understand now that the patterns that you fire the most are going to be relied on the most and refired the most again. So you've got to practice these. If you want to achieve at a higher level, You'll need to practice the thought patterns that are related to these actions over a period of time. Uh, you know, 28 to 30 days is what it takes to, to form a habit pattern or to break a habit pattern. Because the neurons we've been firing the most, we rely on the most. If you, if you have trouble uh, overcoming procrastination, ch chances are good that your automated thought patterns are causing you to give up. In order to remedy this situation, remember, neurons that fire the most are relied on the most, and if you procrastinate out of habit, you're going to have to change that automatic thought pattern. Practice, practice, practice different thought patterns to reverse these habits, and yes, it can be done. You take action, form a, 
a visualization in your brain of scenarios in which you move forward uh, tenaciously will give you over 28 days or so a positive switch in your pattern. It's, it's beautiful and, and very, very helpful that we can automate performance and ability in our non-conscious brain. Very, very beneficial if you practice the right positive neuron patterns. You with me? The neurons that are fired the most are relied on the most. Very, very important discovery. All right, that's number five. I can't wait to show you how you can do that with your brain. Discovery number six. Oh, man, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Other than brain plasticity, you've got to listen to this, and you got to make me a promise. You'll share this discovery with everybody you love, no matter their age. But you got to also promise me that you're not going to share it with any competitors because this is an amazing, astounding discovery that will provide you the ability. It's, it's your secret weapon. It'll provide you the ability to perform at an extremely high level. It'll provide you the ability to recall memories that you thought were gone forever. It's an amazing, amazing discovery. Are you ready? Here it is. Emotions are the brain's fertilizer and your secret weapon. This is one of the absolute top discoveries that scientists have made in the last uh, 10, 12 years, that emotions help you learn and remember. That means if, if, if you're filled with emotion, uh, when you're forming a new neuron pattern in your brain, that's like a fertilizer for those new DSP connections. It triggers the uh, amygdala in your brain to automatically release proteins and calcium and nutrients which help these new spider web-like branches, DSPs, and their connections grow stronger, more of them, longer lasting, and giving them a lowered firing threshold. That means they'll fire more easily. That means you'll remember those things that you learn when you're highly emotionally charged. I'll never forget uh, what happened to me one time I was at a seminar in Dallas, Texas. And uh, the seminar was running a little late and I had a plane to catch to get back to Florida. And I got in the van uh, of the guy that was gonna take us, uh, several of us to the airport. And the driver was going really fast and weaving in and out of traffic, which kind of pleased me because I was running late for my flight. but. And I, I was looking ahead, I was a little anxious, and all of a sudden, I had a horrific, gut-wrenching feeling. At first, I thought the feeling was, uh, I had a premonition that the van was going to crash. But then about, I don't know, five or seven seconds later, 
I looked out the right-hand window, and I clearly saw a huge building that I had only seen in a distance when I first felt massively alarmed. And then I saw it. On the front of that building was a sign that read Parkland Hospital. Immediately I realized what had happened. Before I was even consciously aware of what I was looking at, my non-conscious brain, which is much faster, of course, in firing neuron patterns, had flooded me with the emotions of an upset that had occurred to me some 40 years earlier. Suddenly, I saw my friend Dick Stoddard running up to me urgently and saying, the president is dead. We were in college. I was wearing a Madras shirt. I'll never forget that Madras shirt and a Weijin, Bass Weijin penny loafers. Remember those? I had an accounting book in my left hand. How do I remember that? Because I was extremely emotionally charged. We ran into our fraternity house. All of my fraternity brothers, uh, most of them big, tough jocks, you know, they were standing around in a semicircle around our TV crying. And I turned to the TV and I saw a young reporter, I believe Dan Rather, standing in front of the emergency entrance to the Parkland Hospital in Dallas, reporting that our president, John F. Kennedy, had been shot. You see the power of emotions? What vivid memories I have of that. In the shuttle bus, all it took to harvest a, a flood of these memories was a, a quick glance that I didn't even see consciously. I saw it non-consciously. The immense sorrow I felt when JFK was assassinated had grown a strong pattern of thoughts and memories that had all come involuntarily, automatically flooding back in a barrage of firing memory neuron patterns. Before I was even consciously aware of it, do you see how you can use this? Can you create that emotion artificially? Oh, what a big question. You already know the answer. Me as a scientist, you know the answer. Yes, you can, and you'll learn exactly how to do that in a future podcast. It's called, well, I call it, Triggering a Thunderstorm. So when you want to remember something well, you can trigger a thunderstorm of artificial emotions that come flooding in and then you learn something new or you're studying for a test or you're trying to recall something that's important to you. If there's a lot of emotion, it's going to be much more easily remembered. And this is... This is so powerful, you guys. You know, in, in athletics, uh, 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 the difference between first and fifth is usually less than 1% of effort. Well, if that's true and you can change your effort and create a, a strong feeling of emotion, bam, it may move you from fifth or sixth or last clear to first. Do not underestimate the power of this discovery. There are many, many things age 50 and up 
that you can use this for. And a little later on, in another podcast down the road, when we're talking about the 16 techniques and strategies, you're going to learn how to use these emotional states to help you advance your achievements on a permanent basis in a number of different ways. Oh, I love this discovery. I love it, love it, love it. And I can't wait to share with you how you can trigger a thunderstorm of emotions so that anything you're learning or anything you're trying to recall that's in a neurode pattern stored somewhere in your brain, short-term or long-term memory, it'll come flooding back for you. That's discovery number six. All right, I think I'm going to stop there today uh, because uh, discovery number seven, uh, the 83% solution, meet Nancy, Nancy stands for NC, NC, Nancy, I call it NC, your non-conscious brain. And this, this one's a bit complicated, very powerful, but a bit complicated about your non-conscious brain and the power that it holds. So I, I'm going to stop here so we can uh, uh, probably uh, reserve an entire podcast for Discovery number seven. We'll see when we get to it. All right, I just want to relay something to you here before we end. I love it when you send me emails with your comments or text with your comments. Uh, I have a dear, uh, sweet friend from, gosh, 60 years ago who discovered uh, my podcasts and, and they wrote me an email talking about uh, how much they enjoyed my podcast and what they're learning about the human brain. I, it just gave me goosebumps when I read that email. And I love questions as well in emails uh, that you have regarding uh, the performance of your brain and how to improve the performance of your brain and learn the brain apples. So I cherish it. So send me emails if you want to, I'd love it. Doug, D-O-U-G, at brain, B-R-A-I-N, apples, A-P-P-L-E-S dot com. Doug at brainapples.com. If you got my cell phone number, I'll go ahead and give it to you. It's 352-562-5703. Text me as well. Uh, that's much better. Uh, text or uh, email is much better for me uh, because I teach seminars at least two days a week and they go from seven in the morning till six at night uh, for contractors here in Florida. I've been doing it 27 years and uh, obviously when I'm in a seminar I can't answer phone calls but I do see the text when we're on a break and I do see your emails of course and I love communicating with people about the human brain. All right. Thank you, everybody. That's podcast. What is that? That's number five. We'll see you at podcast number six, and I'm going to have Nancy with me. We'll see you next time.